0: systematic uh, curriculum, if you will, here, and exploring um, what it is to be a human being. And we're following the uh, curriculum of the Satipatthana Sutta that Dory mentioned with a very uh, inspiring prologue and promises of liberation. So we start out with the body, so practicing awareness of the body through Paying attention to the breath, through paying attention to the body in motion while walking. And then paying attention to the body in all other aspects. So while eating, washing your hands, putting on your shoes. Just very simply uh, trying to inhabit the body with awareness. Notice what those sensations are like. And those of you who have been on retreat before know somewhere, uh, somewhat where this is going also to include... Uh, more subtle objects of awareness that's part of our human experience. So today we're going to expand to include uh, thoughts and emotions. Although, of course, thoughts and emotions have been occurring since the first moment of the retreat, certainly. And those of you who are familiar with this breath of instructions, um, of course, can uh, practice as you know how from the very beginning. But it doesn't hurt to... uh, pay particular attention to the aspect that's being highlighted in the session, because there's always more to learn, I would say, about uh, each of these dimensions of our human life. And generally speaking, you might say, in the trajectory of retreat, we go from uh, paying attention to specifics as closely as possible. So tuning in with as much connectedness and continuity as we can to experience, to the texture of experience. So very closely feeling each step or the feeling of the wind, the experience of breathing, feeling of pressure, temperature. And then as we experience that with some continuity, what begins to be revealed is some universal characteristics uh, of our experience, of the way that we experience life and reality, which includes that everything is changing, that there's nothing that we can ultimately call our self, you could say, and that trying to grasp onto things that are in constant flux is a recipe for stress and suffering. So on the way there, also, uh, particularly in the... Um, beginning of the retreat, but ongoing, there will be some visitors that sometimes can be experienced as challenges to meditation. Sleepiness is one of them, we talked about that yesterday. Uh, Restlessness also can be there of the body of the mind. Disliking what's happening in your experience, wanting something different to be happening, like the peaceful meditation that your neighbor seems to be having. And then doubt, so having a sense of doubt like, oh, maybe I should be doing something different. and Maybe this other practice that I learned is better or a uh, different school of meditation or something like that. So with all of these different challenges to meditation, the general instruction is to try to be mindful of it. So try not to get swept up into it. I try to notice it and see it for what it is, which is an energy pattern that's moving through all of these. One of the other unique aspects of this kind of uh, meditation, besides the feature of mindfulness, is also this quality of investigation. So bringing curiosity to whatever is there in experience. So with all of these you can be curious about what is this actually like now? What is the physical experience of restlessness? Or sleepiness? What does it feel like in the toes? What does it feel like in the belly? How does it change and move through? What's the difference in the feeling of the mind, the heart and the body? So you can see them as these uh, weather patterns moving through just as it was raining a lot yesterday and then hail and sunshine. And not believing that you are that pattern. Just knowing it for what it is and letting it move as it does on its own. So this morning we're going to check in uh, and explore the world of thought. So this is mind objects. The sense field of mind objects. And this is among the harder ones to... Uh, get a handle on one of the more unusual aspects of uh, exploring human experience. To be able to see thought just as thought. So to be interested in the process of thinking in some way as opposed to the content of thinking. So usually when a thought arises we are fully engaged with it. We believe it. We believe this is my thought. I am thinking this thought. And we believe in whatever the thought says most of the time. So what I'm inviting you to do is uh, to try to take a step back from that and just to be interested in like what is this thinking? You know, that thinking arises, that a thought arises, and then that it's gone. Thoughts can happen in images, they can happen with words, there can be uh, memories, there can be plans. All of time, in fact, is existing in the field of thought. All of the past is just a thought in the present. And all of the future is just a thought in the present. So I want to be interested in just knowing that we are thinking, being aware that we're thinking. And then a next step would be to have some differentiation between different types of thinking. And then later on, there is a step in which there's some discernment about the type of thought in terms of is it skillful or unskillful, is it helpful or unhelpful, so start to recognize that as well. But for the first step we just want to be able to recognize, if we're thinking, to know that we're thinking, which is kind of like if you're standing by the road to know is there a car driving by, is there a vehicle driving by, before you get into the vehicle and drive on Bye. Then later you can differentiate. Okay, it's a car, it's a truck, it's white, it's blue. It's pulling something. So remembering that this area of thinking, this field of thinking is experienced or can be seen as just a sense, a sense field where sense objects arise. Now a lot of the times we get duped by thinking Uh, One of my favorite stories that illustrates this is that there's someone who goes to a cave and they paint a picture of a tiger. And then they look at it and they go, Ah, tiger! And they run out of the cave screaming. (laughs) So what happens in that? Like, where was the tiger? They forgot that they made it up. (laughs) There was no tiger. So you might recognize this as you sit, where you're sitting here breathing. Nobody's really bugging you, per se. Uh, except your own mind, which is painting pictures of tigers and uh, beautiful things to obsess about and worship in front of. And you forget or never perceive that they're not real, that they're actually just objects in the field of thought. So we get taken on these rides, ups and downs, a lot of uh, drama and difficulty. So we'll practice this morning uh, just recognizing the field of thought a little bit. And uh, thoughts are much more slippery, quick, subtle objects than a footstep. So don't worry if you miss most of them or a lot of them. Just do your best to be curious and see what there is to see. So it can help to stay anchored in the body as we began the last time. So, you can begin by just feeling your posture here. Feeling your connection to the ground, to the cushion, your chair. And just trying to relax. You can take a deep breath in and As you breathe out, just relaxing any muscles in the face or the jaw that might be tense. Another deep breath in. As you exhale, you can relax the shoulders. The next one, you can relax any other muscles inside or out that seem to be unnecessarily holding. You just notice that the body is breathing wherever it's easiest to notice that. So just being intimate with the direct experience of that. Sense of full immersion, connection. this very simple act of breathing in, breathing out. So just to play a little bit in this field of thinking, I'm gonna suggest that you bring up a particular uh, thought. You can just notice how this thought flashes, arrives and then disappears. So see if you can uh, remember the image of your shoes that you wore here. So notice how maybe that flashed in your mind, and then it's gone. So that was a mind object that was intentionally called up. It's not yours, it's not actually the same as your shoes, it's a thought, it's an image that arose and passed away, just as all thoughts do. Even if you wanted to hold on to it, you couldn't. Next you can bring to mind uh, your address. And that might show up as an image of words or sound of someone speaking the words. Maybe even an image of the place that you live. So either way, this is also a mind object, of thought. And it's already gone again. in this way as we practice here this morning, you could imagine that your mind is a screen on which is being projected various different mind objects. So they are often the stories about you, something that happened to you in the past, something that you want to happen in the future. So see if you can just notice them as objects on the screen. So you can just keep your attention with the experience of breath. And you don't need to go looking for them. If they show up, they show up, and then you can just be interested and curious to notice them as soon as you can. Just label them as thinking. Or if you want to differentiate further, you could include noticing if it's remembering or if it's planning. And notice how it fades away, come back again to the breath. Noticing where your attention is and if it's in the field of thought just recognizing that. Noticing how that's a different field than the field of the body. As you come back again to rest with the body and the breath, just try to relax again. If there's any tension that's come into the face, the jaw, Connect again with the breath. If it helps to be able to notice thinking, you can even imagine that there's the screen in your mind and the thoughts and images are being projected by someone behind you. So they're not yours. You can just be curious what's going to show up, if something's going to show up. And just try to notice that as best you can. So there's a lot to be uh, learned in investigating the field of thought. See if there's any um, questions you had about something came up or anything that was particularly interesting that happened. A question about the difference between thought and insight. Yeah. Is there any particular example that you have of that or just broadly speaking? Well sometimes when I'm sitting in openness, An idea or a thought will drop in. And sometimes it's just thinking. And sometimes it's like a thought, oh, yeah. oh, how do I know the difference since they're both generated from their mind. Mm, yeah. So um, Both seem to show up in the mind, right? Sometimes the thought, it just seems thinking, and sometimes it seems like, oh, yeah, like, oh, there's this, right? I'll say, like, yeah, the the things that can show up in the sort of content field of thought um, can be many, and sometimes they can be um, interesting sort of psychological insights about one's life or patterning or something like that. Um, the, The kind of insight in the kind of capital I insight meditation are ones about... Uh, the way things work, you know, like the sort of dharma, which includes being able to see sort of the way in which we're caught uh, in the process of relating to life in a way that doesn't make sense all the time. So some clarity about impermanence or about actually seeing some way in which we're not the solid, uh, unitary, independent, controlling self that we think we are, you know, or recognizing the things that we've tried to take refuge in sort of don't work in that way Um, and insight of that sort sometimes shows up in sort of a verbal form but actually the kind of insight that we're going for is deeper than verbal you know it's deeper than words because you could have read this stuff over and over or many of you have been to retreats and you've heard people say them over and over but it's the kind of uh, recognition that in some ways, kind of like rewires on a deeper cellular level so I'd say that insight sometimes shows up Verbally in the mind, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, even if sometimes though, there is like some insight that comes, that's um, clear and helpful. Then beware the mind. Then quickly taking it up as like my insight, and then uh, starting to think about it and um, build an altar to it, and like frame it, and think about how you're going to tell people about it later, and write a book about it, and you know all this stuff, right? So the mind is shameless. We'll both. <laughs> Think anything and will like turn anything into a (laughs) self-oriented kind of project Uh, so it's good to have a sense of humor about it and kind of take it with a grain of salt that's it yeah Yeah, so a question about thoughts and and trauma, and that if something bad has happened to you, then that the the mind can go into a place of, like, kind of strategizing, or... I guess sometimes it can go into sort of reliving that difficulty and then also into kind of strategizing about um, how to avoid something like that, or something seems remotely like that, and then the mind starts to um, get scared from that and things like that, right? Um, Yeah, it's... um, it's something to notice and to work with um, gently, I'd say. So working with the the body, kind of similar, someone asked a question like, oh, if there's actually a physical injury in the body, you know, like if you sit in a certain way that actually causes injury, then, um, you know, it's un- unhelpful. So you can, rec- see if you can recognize like when something's happening that seems to be like, okay, the mind is afraid about something and um, there's a way in which I know, like, I don't actually have to be afraid about it, but still there's a fear reaction happening, right? Um, so one thing is you can see if you can just hold that all with kindness, you know, with compassion that that's going on. And then also with uh, traumatic reactions, it's better actually not to sort of press on that, sort of to try and um, figure it out or work on it or, you know, like swirl down the hole. So then it can be helpful to kind of open up the field more. Uh, into something that feels more safe and grounded. So, for some people, that's opening their eyes or going to a sense of hearing, or um, you know, if you're uh, walking, like walking outside or something like that. So, recognizing that's what's happening and sort of creating uh, spaciousness with it. I would say. Uh, but it feels more grounded. It feels like it's, it's more of a, a wisdom-type thing than... Yeah, so describing uh, decision-making and recognizing sometimes that it's uh, like comes can come from a place that's uh, like you're mushing kind of belly-ish, right? Like down deeper and then kind of sometimes bubble up to thought and it feels like it's wisdom. So how is that? Is that related to thought? Is that not? And um, yeah, in the... In, In this practice, what we're doing is kind of practicing this like a different way of knowing, which I would say includes that which you're describing. um, And that includes like being connected to some deeper um, intuition that we have or um, wisdom. And yeah, many people experience that kind of down here more, like in the heart and the belly. And sometimes we say like, oh, my gut reaction is this, right? Or something like that. Or in my heart, I feel this. so it feels like you have a sense of, of recognizing like, what's true from that in a different way than when there's a lot of restlessness of thoughts. And if it's like, should I do this? Should I do that? Maybe I'll do that. Uh, maybe I should do that. Yeah. That feels very different than like this coming forth. So uh, it doesn't necessarily happen in the field of thought, I'd say, but then sometimes it bubbles up into the field of thought where it's like, oh, this is the right way to go, or this is what's true. So, yeah, cousin is a good word then. <laughs> cousin of thought. And uh, many times on, on